0: Coming up on Studio Berlin, are we headed for a global economic meltdown?
1: Technically, Germany is already in a recession.
0: And what role do political threats play in the financial turmoil?
1: I don't want France going out and taxing our companies. Very unfair. And if they do that, we'll be taxing their wine or doing something else.
0: More about the economic slowdown and whether it can be stopped next on Studio Berlin. Welcome to Studio Berlin, our weekly current affairs show here on KCRW Berlin, offering an in-depth look at news and how it affects our lives. I'm your host, Soraya sarhadi nelson Recession is one of those scary words that we see and hear a lot these days. But are the headlines correct? Is a recession coming? And if so, who is to blame? And can a recession still be stopped? To help us understand the current economic turmoil and its impact, I'm joined on the phone by Matzel Fatsha, who heads the German Institute for Economic Research, or DIW Berlin, a leading think tank in Europe. Welcome, Marcel. Thank you. In the studio with me is veteran journalist Noah Barkin, who is based here in Berlin and whose columns have appeared in the New York Times and the Atlantic. Welcome, Noah. Good to be here. I'm also joined in the studio by Mark Adam, an economics researcher and doctoral candidate at the Freie Universität Berlin's John F. Kennedy Institute. Welcome, Mark.
2: Thanks for having me.
0: Masa, let's start with you. We've certainly seen a drop in investor and consumer confidence, but is a recession coming?
1: Technically, Germany is already in a recession, um, yet this is a very mild recession. Uh, The German economy is sound, has a very sound structure. Uh, Consumer demand is still strong. The labor market is doing very well. We have record employment and record low unemployment, uh, and companies remain competitive, so... Um, What we see is a globally driven or driven by global factors, in particular, the trade conflict between U.S. and China and Brexit, slower exports for Germany and therefore a temporary weakness. Uh, I would not see this as a deep recession, hopefully.
0: Mark, do you agree? And is this recession more worrisome in other countries?
1: I'm a bit
2: concerned because you don't know how it plays out. Um, it can be just a very mild recession or a business cycle and then if this trade war goes on and we, can, we are seeing retaliation after retaliation, um, this could turn uh, quite badly. And yeah, uh, uh, Germany could be hit particularly because it's such an export dependent economy so it's very integrated into the world.
0: No, I want to take a step back for a moment because there's a lot of confusion in the lay community, which, of course, we have to communicate with, about what a recession actually is. Can you break it down uh, for the listeners?
3: Well, technically, a recession means two consecutive quarters of contraction. The German economy, I think it's important to say, has been slowing for quite some time. Uh, last year, there was GDP growth of 1.5 percent, which is not, not the strongest. And in the second quarter of this year, we had uh, a contraction of 0.1%. So the economy has been under pressure from a lot of different uh, areas. I think chiefly the, the U.S.-China trade war, uh, also Brexit, and then some structural issues in the German economy, the lack of reforms, lack of investment over the past decade uh, since the last global recession.
0: What are other signs that a recession is coming, Marcel? I mean, we've talked a little bit about the retraction, and I'm just wondering what else, in terms of the markets, how they've been playing out, if you can uh, explain a little bit more on that count.
1: Um, One big question we're facing now in Germany is whether Germany still has capacity uh, to grow. We we have record low unemployment, and many companies are actually complaining that they can't find workers, or skilled workers in particular. This is a, a, a big issue for them. But at the same time, the big uncertainty is what's happening in the rest of the world, uh, what's happening in Italy, uh, in the UK, um, what happens to the global trade conflict. But if you look at the substance of the German economy, again, if you look at companies and their competitiveness in global markets, uh, this is still relatively strong. And, and so for the next two three years, I tend to be optimistic that if the global economy recovers, Uh, also a recession in Germany will not happen and, and Germany will recover.
0: You say the recession or a slight recession is already happening in Germany. Is it happening in other countries?
1: The economic slowdown is much stronger in Germany than in most other European countries simply because the German economy is so open and so dependent on trade, almost every second job depends on exports. The other economy that has seen a very strong slowdown in Europe, um, apart from Britain and Ireland related to Brexit, is Italy. Italy has many different problems uh, from Germany. It also has an open economy, but it's uh, more homemade political. We may see new elections in Italy coming up. Italy has not grown for the past 12 years, has shrunk in terms of economic size by 5-6% since 2008. And to me, Italy is really the big problem in Europe um, in terms of the economy because um, if Italy doesn't recover and if the government continues questioning the euro or threatening to introduce a parallel currency as they have done in the past, my worry is that Italy could really derail uh, the European economy. So if I had to to name one big risk for Europe at the moment, it would not be Brexit, it would not be even the global trade conflict, it'd it really be Italy.
0: Mark, let us let me ask you about the United States, because obviously uh, we have uh, English-speaking listeners and Americans uh, who listen as well and, and on this panel today. Can you describe the recession, if it's coming, in the U.S.? I mean, wh- what is it going to look like there? We've talked a little bit about Europe, we've talked about Germany, but what about the U.S.?
2: It's hard to judge. It uh, sort of depends on the response of the government. I think there's also a high chance that there will be a recession in the U.S. If you look at the business cycles, then it's like every 11 years so there's some sort of recession. And there are other indicators that point that, to the fact that there's going to be some sort of recession. And how this is going to play out really depends on the responses of the government. Will there be higher tariffs? Will there be uh, lower taxes? Sort of. Um, will there be maybe some invest- infrastructure investment? So um, how hard a recession is going to be or if there's going to be one at all depends on the policies.
0: Noah, I'm wondering on a global level, um, are you expecting this recession, these recessions um, to be as bad as the ones that we saw a decade ago, the global recession that ended up really costing a lot of people their homes and livelihoods?
3: Well, that's uh, very difficult to predict. The situation is is very different. I I think a lot will depend on what happens with the events and issues that we've been discussing, the US-China trade war uh, in particular. But I think uh, one thing one has to say is that the ability of policymakers to deal with a deep recession is, is far more limited than it was in 2009. Central banks have used up a good deal of their ammunition So it will really be up to uh, governments to stimulate their economies. There is a debate going on here in Germany about whether Germany should uh, abandon its commitment to the so-called Null, the balanced budget. But uh, Germany has shown in in the past that it's reluctant to uh, stimulate the economy, a big deal. It came under pressure back in 2009 to do so and and resisted pressure from the U.S., the U.K., and other, other countries So I think if we do have something as deep as last time around, which I think is probably unlikely at this stage, policymakers will find it a lot more difficult to cope with it.
0: Well, there are certainly a lot of troubling economic signs here and abroad these days. After the break, we will talk more on Studio Berlin about why this is happening and who is to blame.
3: Public radio programs attract educated consumers and business decision makers. You can reach this highly desirable audience with your company's marketing message on KCRW Berlin. Isn't it time to make our listeners your customers? Find out how by emailing us at sponsorships at kcrwberlin.org or online at kcrwberlin.com slash sponsorships. You
0: are listening to Studio Berlin on KCRW Berlin 104.1 FM. I'm your host, Soraya Sarhadi nelson We are talking about global worries over a possible recession with Marcel Fratsche, the head of a leading economic think tank, DIW Berlin, and with Mark Adam of the Freie Universität Berlin, as well as veteran economics journalist Noah Barkin. Gentlemen, we've talked about whether we are headed into a recession in the next uh, couple of years, or in the case of Germany, imminently. Why is this happening? Uh, and Noah, I'm going to start with you.
3: The German economy is very, is very open. We've seen a rise in protectionism, a backlash against this era of globalization that we saw, this interconnectedness which uh, created prosperity around the globe, uh, also created a lot of inequality, and that's, that's one of the reasons why we're seeing a backlash. We also have an increasingly toxic political environment, and that has bred uh, deep uncertainty. I, I think Trump and his tweets have not helped deal with that uncertainty. And I think one, one can argue that there's been a questionable uh, uh, economic governance. So we saw pro-cyclical policies in the U.S. Uh, boosting the economy when it was already doing quite well. Uh, and that increases the risks of a sort of boom-bust scenario.
0: Marcel, what about... I guess, the rhetoric or the discussion that you hear in in Europe, is any of that affecting the the recession or consumer confidence? Because a lot of this is about consumer confidence and investor confidence.
1: Well, consumer confidence um, has been hit, uh, as has uh, investor confidence. And um, um, one has to make a very careful distinction between different countries in Europe. Um, Germany certainly has had the strongest growth in the past few years. And specifically to the German economy, what keeps the German economy going at the moment is really are the consumers. It's not the investors. It's not companies. Uh, we have seen not only decline in exports, but also relatively soft investment, private investment. Um, and consumers are really the backbone of the German, yeah, German economic growth at the moment, uh, partly because we have record-high Employment, uh, wage growth in the past few years has been very healthy, two and a half, three percent normal wage growth on average. In Germany, uh, there was a minimum wage that was being introduced in Germany in 2015 for the first time and has been raised twice since then. Um, also, that helped uh, people with low wages and low income uh, have a higher purchasing power. So uh, clearly, if German consumer confidence takes a hit. Then the downturn would be much deeper in in Germany. So that's why it's very important uh, for the government to act in a way to ensure consumers and households um, that they will stand ready uh, to stabilize the German economy.
0: But one thing that is pretty pretty clear here in Germany is that the government and the politicians, the chancellor, are much more circumspect about what they say. They don't inflame the situation. Uh, Noah mentioned, uh, you know, there was one leader in particular, President Donald Trump, who isn't shy about making economic threats in his tweets or whether talking to the press like he did before boarding the plane for the recent G7 summit in Biarritz, France.
3: We're having a little spat with China and we'll win it. Uh, We put a lot of tariffs on China today. As you know, they put some on us. We put a lot on them.
0: In addition to the tariffs, President Trump in a tweet ordered American companies to move their China operations elsewhere. He also threatened to punish his French G7 host.
1: I don't want France going out and taxing our companies. Very unfair. And if they do that, we'll be taxing their wine or doing something else.
0: Well, such comments annoy a number of officials, including European Council President Donald Tusk. Speaking to reporters before the G7 summit, he called for cooperation and not conflict.
2: For me, it's absolutely clear that if if someone, for example, the United States and President Trump, use uh, tariffs and and taxation as a political instrument, tool, for some different political reasons, it means that this confrontation can be really uh, risky for the whole world, including the EU.
0: Mark, do you agree with Donald Tusk?
2: Yeah, actually, I would agree because... The whole post-war system was built around the U.S. and the global trading system and got more and more integrated and um, the U.S. is sort of shifting away from this position and um, I think where you really want to look at is the U.S.-China relationship because China is such a big market also for the EU so it affects the EU and um, we don't know much about China, about the data there, but there certainly is a lot of private debt and if they can't export anymore to the U.S. market because the U.S. market shuts down, um, this might create huge problems in China. And if this trade war goes on, this might drag down the whole world economy, even also the EU.
0: Marcel, what impact does Donald Trump's rhetoric have on the global economy and on Germany's economy? I mean, can such comments really fuel a recession?
1: Well, comments alone will not fuel a recession. Uh, The problem is that it's the erratic behavior, right? It's decisions. It's the unpredictability of decisions. Um, if you're an entrepreneur and you have to take decisions where to invest, where to, with whom to trade, what to do, whether to take a credit, you need a clear horizon. You need a, a certain environment in which you can plan. And if the biggest economy in the world and the world leader politically and economically over the past 70 years uh, is no longer providing that leadership, that has a huge impact on any country. If the U.S., as it did, suddenly says, look, uh, we impose again sanctions on Iran and the deal is off, that was there in the past, it's very hard to circumvent that. The U.S. is the key economy globally, and uh, a non cooperative or destructive U.S. administration um, has an impact on each individual economy, in particular on Germany.
0: Mark, you wrote an interesting paper recently that revisited tariffs and their role in the collapse of the world trade between 1928 and 1937. Are these tariffs that uh, President Trump has that have become a major weapon in his economic policy? Are they any less of a threat today than they were back then?
2: No, that definitely not. I think um, if the world disintegrates, it creates a lot of problems, also politically. But um, in the 1930s, it was not only Tariffs, it was also um, capped controls. You had devaluations. This might also play out today. I mean, Argentina imposed capped controls only recently. Donald Trump is always accusing other countries that they're doing currency manipulations. So, um, yeah, there are some parallels. And I think it is worrisome. But you don't know how it plays out.
0: To be fair to the Trump administration, they have blamed journalists, uh, basically, the media, for fueling this recession. They, they say it's not our policy. It's the way it's being reported. Noah, as a fellow journalist, what role do you think the press is having, in, if any, in driving these this global economic uncertainty?
3: Well, of course, as a journalist, I disagree that journalists are feeling this. I think, you know, as you mentioned, he's, uh, Trump has tried to blame the media. He's tried to blame uh, the Federal Reserve. Uh, Fed Chairman Powell has been under under attack you know the experts, the economists, the journalists. I think this is they're reacting to what they perceive as bad economic policies. It's not. I don't think it's political. There may be journalists and there may be economists who don't want to see uh, Donald Trump uh, get reelected, but I think the the thrust of the coverage has been based on sound arguments about economic policy. Two and a half years ago, the economy, U.S. economy, was humming, but we saw what economists call a pro-cyclical fiscal policy in the U.S., big tax cuts, deregulation, higher government spending. And we haven't seen enough of the kind of investments that would make the U.S. economy stronger over the long-term investments in infrastructure, investments in education, scientific research, etc. And now we're seeing uh, a full-blown trade war between the U.S. and China. So I think Trump has contributed to this. The global economy, I think, was bound to slow. But There's a good, uh, sound economic argument that Trump's policies have perhaps accelerated or amplified the slowdown.
0: We're going to take another short break on Studio Berlin. And afterward, we're going to talk more about how to ease the economic fears and lessen the turmoil. Hi, I'm Maeve Higgins. I'm a writer and a comedian, usurping Kurt Anderson. Next time on Studio 360.
1: I grew up really loving soap operas. That was my main mode of storytelling from like a very young age.
0: How playwright Michael R. Jackson got the bug.
1: I wanted to write for soaps, and I never actually got to do that because I sort of fell in love with playwriting.
3: I hope that you join me next time on Studio
1: 360. Studio
3: 360, Sunday nights at 6
1: on
0: KCRW Berlin. You are listening to Studio Berlin on KCRW Berlin, 104.1 FM. I'm Soraya Sarhadi nelson We're talking with American journalist Noah Barkin, Mark Adam of the Freie Universität Berlin, and Marcel Fratsche of the German Economic Research Institute about the ongoing global economic turmoil and worries about a recession. Marcel, how do we ease economic fears and end the recession here?
1: First of all, we must realize that the economic slowdown globally is really... Yeah, a slowdown made by politicians, right? Politicians taking poor decisions in Europe, in the U.S., uh, in China. Uh, So first of all, I think for politicians to provide more stability is key. Now, when we talk about what to do in addition, uh, I do believe we need a stimulus package, more active fiscal policy, in particular in Europe, If you look at the the toolbox, what can be done, we all know that monetary policy, the central banks, the Federal Reserve in in the U.S., um, the European Central Bank in, in the Euro area, Bank of England and others, they really don't have much left in the toolbox to act and to help support the economy. Interest rates in Europe are basically zero. So the main responsibility is on fiscal and structural policies. We need a fiscal stimulus fiscal spending partly compensating for the decline in private investment and private consumption, and also structural reforms, uh, making economies more flexible. If you look at Germany specifically, we need uh, uh, a better regulation to improve private investment. We need a simplification of the tax code. So there are many structural issues as well, but importantly, I'm convinced it would be extremely helpful if we had a strong fiscal stimulus in Europe right now, uh, not just in half a year's or one year's time, but really right now, because we know a fiscal stimulus takes time to work through the economy to really have a full impact.
0: Mark, Marcel uh, laid out some of the paths to possibly fixing this recession here in Germany. And I'm wondering if the path to easing economic worries uh, or impending recessions differs in different countries.
2: I mean, there are regional differences, of course, what uh, sort of policy you want to do. But in both cases, um, there should be some fiscal stimulus in Germany, as Marcel said. Um, and I think that applies to the US, maybe with with some differences, but also in the US, interest rates are super low. And as Noah already said, there's a huge demand for infrastructure investment. Um, and uh, you can do a lot of good things. and um, there are a lot of problems that you need to tackle, and uh, what better situation is there when you have like super low interest rates and um, there's like a lot of debt. Yeah, there's there's a lot of public debt, but there's also a lot of private debt, and um, I think this is a far bigger threat. There's a lot of inequality. You have huge savings on the top of the income distribution, and a lot of private debt on of, of the lower parts of the income distribution. And I do think that um, fiscal policy can change some of that. And um, private debt is the far bigger factor uh, threat to the, to the economy than public debt.
0: Noah, is there anything that you see regular citizens, uh, you know, those of us who are not uh, on, the, on the end of the spectrum that, that Mark was speaking about, um, do you see them or small-time investors being able to do something to sort of help fight recession or help uh, create more confidence?
3: Well, the easy response is to say spend, right? But often spending, especially in the United States, involves more private debt, what Mark was just talking about. I think debt is a big issue. It was a big issue in the, uh, the global financial crisis, uh, the, the uh, mortgage-backed securities crisis uh, back in 2008, 2009. And in the United States, it's still a big issue. Debt is also an, a, a huge issue in, in, in China, although it's more public debt is, is more of an issue than private debt, I think. So I think that private citizens really, they have to be responsible. When, once recession hits, it's kind of too late.
0: Last time there was a recession, countries coordinated to ward off or cope with the economic downturn. Matsell, do you think they're going to coordinate this time?
1: No, this is exactly the problem. We have really a crisis of multilateralism. Um, and of multilateral institutions. The WTO, the World Trade Organization, is an example. That's actually the institution that should deal with trade conflicts uh, and not countries bilaterally as China and uh, the U.S. are currently doing. And if you really want to go ahead and solve the global problems that we have currently, then we need to do that jointly. If you look at climate change, if you look at financial stability, um, having fairer taxation, closing tax loopholes, the issue of migration. If you look at all the big challenges that we have today, these are really global challenges and that you cannot solve bilaterally, but you really need to have stronger multilateralism.
0: So those concerns are shared around the globe, but unfortunately, that's all the time we have today. I'd like to thank my guests, Marcel Fratscher, who heads DIW Berlin, Mark Adam of the Freie Universität Berlin John F. Kennedy Institute, and Berlin-based journalist Noah Barkin. Thank you, gentlemen.
1: Thanks. Thank you.
0: I'm Soraya Sarhadi-Nelson. Tune in next week to Studio Berlin here on KCRW Berlin 104.1 FM, where the subject will be the controversial Nord Stream 2 pipeline. You can also connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Enjoy the rest of your weekend.